What is going on, AP US History students? Mr. McCaughey checking in with you for this week in APUSH, our weekly review of what we did in our US history classes at Townsend Harris uh, over the past week. So this week we are talking about the week of March 7th, the first week of March as we move through period seven of the AP US history curriculum. And really our focus of this week was what was happening in and around World War One in America, uh, both in the country and abroad. So that's how we're going to break this episode down. We're going to look at a few different things. We're going to look at America's role in the war itself, and more importantly, what was happening at home, as we spent a little bit more time focusing on that. Uh, as a reminder, we assigned some Highmore videos just to give you some background information, but we'll re review some of that here right now. So when we think of World War I, we're thinking of the years 1914 to 1918. Now, despite that four-year window of fighting the war, America is really only involved for the last 20 months or so. And that reasoning is that we were initially neutral. And if we think back to our continuities over U.S. history, getting involved in European affairs was not something we did. Date that back to Washington's neutrality proclamation, run that through up until World War I. We normally did not get involved in European affairs, but we are pulled into this war uh, as a result of two main things. We see the Zimmerman telegram, and, when, uh, and we also see the sinking of the Lusitania. Now, let's be clear that there were also um, powers within the United States, primarily uh, banks, who were financially invested in a Great Britain uh, and allied victory. So that is definitely part of the force that is pushing us into this war. But uh, often cited are these two things, the Zimmerman telegram and the sinking of the Lusitania to uh, formally pull us in. Woodrow Wilson uh, says it's a defense of uh, basically uh, mankind and democratic principles as we get involved. Uh, so we play... Um, a good role in the war despite being only there for a little bit. Our involvement helps push uh, uh, the conflict on to the side of the allies and they are able to win the war. Wilson is over there trying to really establish almost a, a new uh, order in the world with the League of Nations, trying to make sure things like this don't happen again. Um, He's trying to keep things cool. A lot of the European powers really want to punish uh, Germany for starting the war. And what happens uh, is the Spanish flu is raging around the world at this time. Wilson actually gets sick with the flu while he's there. And he's not able to get involved as much as he would have liked to in the negoti negotiation of the treaty, as well as the League of Nations. So what we see is the Treaty of Versailles ends up being very uh, punitive and harsh towards Germany. Uh, a result of this, when we talk about cause and effect, is what happens with the rise of uh, Hitler's Germany as almost a revenge for the poor treatment at the hands of the Treaty of Versailles. And despite the fact that Woodrow Wilson helps craft the League of Nations, and it's essentially his idea, America does not join the League of Nations as a result. So those are just some of the big ideas in terms of World War I abroad. In our class this week, we've definitely focused a little bit more on what was happening at home. So let's look at a few things first. We'll go from kind of not least important, but the things we covered the, the smallest amount to the things we talked about more deeply. One, Increased demand for war production and labor during the war, uh, as often happens in any war. We'll see this in World War II, especially. 
We have people moving into um, urban centers following uh, the jobs, economic opportunities as America prepares for the war. So that's number one. Number two, this is also a major time of immigration from Europe. A lot of this has to do with uh, the run up to World War One and um, uh, immigrants leaving Europe to come over here um, and just the general, um, you know, uh, American dream uh, immigration to the United States. But as we have often seen, as we talk about our continuities, changing continuity, continuity over time, Another continuity we see is the nativist campaign against some ethnic groups. We saw this with the Irish, we saw this with the Chinese, and now we're gonna see this with Central and Southern Europeans. We're gonna see this from Eastern European, uh, towards Eastern European Jews as well. What comes out of this, and we'll talk about this during this week's classes on the 1920s, is uh, we see the Immigration Act of 1924. We see quotas being placed on uh, specific countries and ethnic groups that limits the amount of immigrants who are able to come in from there. So once again, a continuity with uh, the poor treatment of immigrants in America, something that we have seen throughout. Now let's talk about the things that we really focused on in class. First of all, we had the Sedition and the Espionage Acts. These put restrictions on freedom of speech in an, uh, an attempt to support the war effort. We learned about Debs and we learned about Schenck. Go back and review your notes on that. Uh, and just the overall question of, are there times where our rights can be put on hold in the name of national security? Different people in our classes had different answers. Generally speaking, many of you tend to err on the side of the case of Shank v. United States, which unanimously ruled that his rights, Shank's rights, were not violated because he was putting, uh, he was doing damage to the war effort and putting people in danger. Many of you disagreed with that. Uh, so that's kind of like that first one. Make sure you go back and check the notes as well. Uh, th there's a lot of fear in America at this time. Uh, post uh, the Bolshevik Revolution in Russia, we see uh, the first Red Scare and the fear of communism being spread around the United States. Um, there's a, a lot of anxiety around radicalism and anarchists and socialists and things like that. Uh, so that's another thing to keep an eye on. The other thing that we talked about earlier in the week uh, the week was the Great Migration, which was the mass movement of African Americans out of the South and into other parts of the country. A lot of this, we talked about causation. Why did they leave? What happened as a result? <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, as we discussed, segregation, racial violence, limited e economic opportunities, lynchings, these are all the things that forced um, forced African Americans out of the South. We talked about those push factors, segregation, race, racial violence, uh, lynchings, and we talked about pull factors into the other parts of the country. Those would be the economic opportunities. Uh, a result of this, that other part of causation, is uh, what happened as a result. And we see changing demographics in northern cities, the black population in cities like Detroit and um, New York, Chicago, uh, increased dramatically. This week, we'll also be talking about the Harlem Renaissance, which is another effect of the Great Migration, the movement of uh, Black people into urban uh, centers leads to the growth of black culture in urban centers, especially as they're able to live more free than they had been in the South. They're able to develop their own culture, uh, and we'll see that with the Harlem Renaissance. Despite having more opportunity and uh, less racial violence, although there was some throughout, um, 
African Americans are still going to encounter discrimination when they are in these northern cities. So just because they move out does not mean that there's kind of that magic wand waved and there is no more racial discrimination. Uh, they'll still suffer through uh, discrimination. We saw this in the Great Migration series paintings. I hope you enjoyed that. We really love teaching that lesson. We definitely recommend going back and checking that out. So even though we only covered a, a you know less than a decade of time in the past week, uh, it was uh, you know a very a time that was filled with a lot of different things happening both around the world and around the United States. When we learn about these wars, uh, particularly the World Wars. While we will talk about, you know, the actual fighting in World War II, we'll talk about D-Day and so on and so forth. As this is an American history class, one of our focuses always ends up being what is happening in America at the time, what's happening at the home front, and how does the fighting of the war impact that. Later this week, we're going to start learning about World War II. And we'll see the impact of the war on the home front, particularly when it comes to um, the second wave of the Great Migration and the role that women play in the war effort as well. So keep an eye out on that. All right, so that's going to wrap us up just for this week uh, in our review. A couple big announcements. This week, uh, we're going to study the Great Depression and the New Deal as well as World War II. Upcoming important dates, we have the period seven menu assessment. We're going to work on that in class on Thursday, March 24th. That is one week from this upcoming Thursday. That's also the day of our third edition of the expert series with Dr. Michael Glass from Boston College talking about redlining. Monday, the 28th of March, we'll do our in-class DBQ from period seven. And then Tuesday, April 12th, we will do uh, our in-class period seven and eight exam. So we, we should definitely be prepared for that. We're going to add some uh, Easter eggs into this podcast to see who's listening out there. So here's our fun extra credit assignment. We ask you not to tell anyone what our extra credit word is. You find me during this week. That means uh, up until Friday, March 18th, if you come and find me and you share this word with me, I'll give you a little bit of extra credit. That's a little bit of a reward for you uh, for being a loyal listener to the hip pod. So today's extra credit word is espionage. Come and find me anytime during this week, uh, and I will give you a little bit of credit if you share that word with me, espionage. Uh, that is only available through the end of this week, Friday March 18th. That's about it for now. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Hope you're doing well, and we'll see you all this week in AP U.S. History. This has been a presentation of the 14911 Network.